Hello and welcome to PA Traveler episode three, Hollywood edition. Today I'm joined with Scott Lentz, uh, who is from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So we'll be discussing all the things to do, see, eat, etc. cetera, uh, from Bethlehem. But uh, Scott, if you know anything about me, I am a film guy uh, moving to Pennsylvania. And uh, Scott is a film guy that already lives in Pennsylvania uh, and has for a while. So um, we're, we're also going to be discussing uh, Pennsylvania film and, uh, you know, various things like that, actors that are and actresses that are born here, um, that type of thing, because Pennsylvania is very well represented in film and uh, that'll show. So, Scott, why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about like what you do in the state and, you know, that type of thing. Sure. Well, first of all, I'm very happy to be here. Um, I go way back. I, a little bit about my family history is uh, you can trace my lineage on both sides, mother's and father's sides, all the way back uh, predating in the revolution. Uh, a distant relative of mine named Peter Wentz, uh, he has a or had a farmstead that is near the Philadelphia area that is now um, owned by the Historical Society and is a preserved area that because it was at one point used for General George Washington and his generals as part of his headquarters during the Revolutionary War. So uh, as far as PA travelers go, I, I go way back uh, in my family here. Uh, I was born actually in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, my dad is a minister and he went to divinity school at Duke University. Uh, and But both he and my mother are from Philadelphia, so uh, he came back up here while he was first starting out, and uh, we lived in Westchester, Washington Borough, Lancaster, and then we moved up to Bethlehem, and he was at a church there for 17 years. Uh, so I was there from when I was six years old uh, all the way through graduating high school. Great. And uh, and what is it that you do now? So I live in Lancaster now with my wife and a one-year-old son, and I do uh, videography and filmmaking in the area here. Uh, I do some commercial stuff. I do documentaries, uh, and I made a, a feature film called Acoustic Hearts uh, in 2014, uh, premiered in 2015, and uh, is currently on Amazon. Uh, prior to that, I, I kind of started making films when I was 17, when I was in high school up in Bethlehem, and uh, I just kind of kept that love of filmmaking going straight through college, and uh, post-college, I've made a bunch of friends that we like to make films together. And, and, uh, once I moved here to Lancaster, we started the Lancaster film and, uh, TV club, uh, or more Lancaster film and TV. It's like a networking group here in town. Um, it was started by, uh, Dan Gingilio, Josh Hankins, uh, and a few other people, uh, currently sit on the steering committee for it. And, uh, it's just a group of all the, the film, TV, audio, any type of entertainment professional, uh, in the area here. And, uh, we meet up once a month and, uh, just get to know each other. And, and a lot of people have gotten jobs from it and, uh, done some work together. Uh, and it's been a really fun thing. So, uh, ever since I moved here five years ago, it's been just kind of a, a steep climb for the things that I've been able to do. Awesome. And, uh, how would you describe where Pennsylvania film is right now? I think it's definitely on the rise. Uh, one of the great things, especially in Lancaster County, uh, and I learned this while I was making uh, Acoustic Hearts, is that you can have tons of different settings and locations uh, within a very small area. Um, you can go to downtown Lancaster and have a urban cityscape uh, that looks just like any city that you would find in any country, New York, Philly, anything like that. Uh, 20 minutes away, you're up in the mountains and you have a, a very thick wooded area uh, you have uh, suburban areas, pretty much anything but like beach, desert area like that. But, you, you know, you have lakes and, and all kinds of things. So uh, for any kind of filmmaker, you're really not limited by what area you're in uh, to come up with different ideas. You can film all of it right here in Pennsylvania. Uh, as far as where it is industry wise, you know, we'd like to see it uh, grow a little bit more. There's there's uh, good activity out in Pittsburgh. There's activity in, in Philadelphia. But as far as here in the mid-state, uh, we just haven't been able to quite connect it as well as we would like to. Um, but we're working on it. We're, we're trying to attract more and more people to come out here to set up shop and, and uh, build their bases and, and some movies going. Yeah. And, and that's definitely one of the reasons I came back was because, you know, when 
I, I was in LA and, you know, some people may know this, others might not, is um, I went to Penn State Film School and then I moved out to LA after living in New York and some other places like Miami and Wilmington, North Carolina, bouncing around between, you know, feature film to feature film. And I was actually on a couple, you know, really big budget uh, features. Like last episode we mentioned, I was on We Bought a Zoo and uh, right out of college, uh, I got into The Blind Side and, uh, you know, The Big Year, um, Broken City was another one with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Saving Mr. Banks was, I think I did five uh, total that were $30 million plus movies working in the editing field. And, you know, I I had gotten out of it. And um, for all this information, if anybody wants to hear more about it, I was on uh, Rob Z's podcast. It's called Rob Z Radio, episode 353. And you can hear the whole backstory between me and film. But um, after that, I moved to Texas. And then they uh, did something that was not great for the film industry there. They uh, cut the film incentive by two thirds right after I moved. So um, we didn't know exactly what to do. And I was looking uh, and the film industry is something that didn't really exist. Like when I left, I had left in what, 2010, 2010. And there was really no industry to speak of anymore. There used to be, but then it kind of went away. Um, Now it's back and I think that's primarily because of the film incentive itself. When you say, would, could, could, could you tell everybody who's listening a little bit more about what a film incentive is before we go further? Well, I'm, I'm no expert, but from my knowledge, what a film incentive is, is a uh, tax credit that a film production receives uh, if they meet certain standards. So in Pennsylvania, I believe the standard is filming... 60 to 70 percent of your production within the state borders of Pennsylvania, you can apply to have 25 percent of your total expenditures in the state given back to you as a tax credit. Uh, and that it, tax credits are just a, a huge factor in film production in general. That's why, you know, Georgia is just exploding because they give out tax credits all the time. They just want people coming here. So most of the production people are moving down to Georgia these days. Uh, it's nothing that any state can't do. It's just a matter of commitment. Uh, for my money, uh, if you're filming something in Pennsylvania or in any state for that matter, um, there is actual data that you can go to to show a return on that investment. And that's kind of what some people in the state here are trying to convince state government uh, to allow that tax credit uh, a ceiling to grow because right now Pennsylvania caps it at I believe it's 65 million now and even that's up from 60 million last year um, so as soon as that 65 million has been given out or were accounted for in tax credits that's it for the rest of the year they have to wait till the the new year falls over um, a lot of that can get uh, gobbled up pretty quickly uh, there's a lot of Netflix productions going out in Pittsburgh uh, some of it in Philly, but uh, it can be tough to get a hold of for indie filmmakers and some of the smaller budget things. A lot of your bigger budget films are, are eating all of that up. So um, we're just trying to convince the state to give us more opportunity to give tax credits because for every dollar you get out, I believe it's almost a dollar back that you get for it. Because you think about it, people come in, they've got to, you know, they got to stay somewhere, they got to eat somewhere, they got to wash their clothes somewhere. There's all kinds of things that people have to do when you're in here for 30 to 60 days filming a movie uh, that just helps the local economy, not just for filmmakers, but for everybody around here. And it's a lot of fun when we've had some people come in uh, to do productions like that in the Lancaster area. Um, Unfortunately, we just haven't been able to quite grab a hold of it as much as we would to try to get some local people more involved to it. By the time we hear about it, it's it's usually gone. Uh, so these are all things that we're working on. Um, we just want to, we just want to do more of it. It, It's, it's not that it's not happening in central Pennsylvania, but we want to do more. Yeah. And it's not just a thing about, you know, central Pennsylvania is having a hard time getting a hold of it. It's also people coming in. Um, they are, how it was explained to me when I was looking to move back, I had met with some people in Pittsburgh and they were saying that, you know, people were calling here first and saying, we want to shoot here because this is something, you know, if you've been to Atlanta, it's like super hot and, you know, it's, it's kind of a, 
it's a certain they don't call it hot Atlanta for nothing (laughs) yeah right right and we have just unlimited you know landscape and lakes and just all kinds of stuff in Pennsylvania that can be utilized and even a couple you know big cities that can be fake to look like other things like the dark knight um, made it look like Gotham City in Pittsburgh a couple years ago and um, they've been calling and saying hey uh, we want to bring our our production there and they would have to be turned away because it's something that they just weren't able to access like um, once the Netflix shows came into Pittsburgh like that pretty much is it for what you know a lot of people are are able to do I know that Mr. the Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks is shooting in Pittsburgh uh, right now but it's necessary yeah yeah but but it's it's there you know it's it's something that the the demand is more than what you know is being given out and if we could just find a way to you know and and it's really not it's it's really a bipartisan issue it's not really anything that's on one side or the other um simply because you know it 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 benefits everybody and it, it when whenever you come to an area you know, last thing I saw before I left Texas, um, when they had cut the incentive was that they were making $5 for every dollar that they put in. Oh yeah. Like, can you imagine having a business where you make 500% every year on what you do? And that's exactly what, what Pennsylvania can do. It's just a matter of political will. Um, there's the Pennsylvania Film Industry Association that does a lot of that work, lobbying and working with the, the state government to try to do some of the things that we want to do. Uh, it just takes political will because with all the issues that are going on right now, um, no politician really wants to grab a hold of the film industry and make that their their primary thing. That there's a lot more going on in Pennsylvania that they're just getting all their time eaten up over. So it just it takes political will, and it, it's something I think you know what you were talking about productions having to call here first to figure out if they can film. I think the best example of that is David O. Russell. Um, he filmed Silver Linings Playbook here uh, with Bradley Cooper. It was a huge success. And then he wanted to film American Hustle here. But the same thing happened when he wanted to film. The tax credits just weren't there. And if you're making big budget movies like that, you have to have those tax credits. It's just a matter of uh, competitive balance with different states because that's how states compete uh, for that business. So Georgia decided that they want that business and they want productions coming in there so they can make all of the Marvel movies, all of those big budget movies that happen there now. They just decided that they wanted that. They wanted that for their state economy. Uh, and Pennsylvania just hasn't made that decision yet. So if you can't get those tax credits there, you know, American Hustle and, and even some of M. Night Shyamalan, who is very, very adamant about filming in the Philadelphia area, even he's had to move a couple of productions out of state because of that. You know, you just, you can't get around it. You can't go to a, a major studio and say, Hey, I really want to film in this location, but I can't get tax credits. They're going to say no 100% of the time because that's just the way it goes. Right. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things in Atlanta where they're just grabbing people off the street going here, hold this light. <laughs> you know, it's, they're creating jobs, oh, yeah. they're creating jobs like crazy. And it's something that I think Pennsylvanians haven't really thought too much about it. I think it's it's Pennsylvanians haven't went, hey, I can be in the film industry. You know, like I certainly I moved away because I certainly didn't think that. And it's one of those things that it is on the up and up. And it's it's um, especially if they get it to, you know, 120 million or something up from their 60 million. Like there could be a lot more jobs available to Pennsylvanians who maybe they don't like what they do and they would rather work on a movie, you know, Um, people are able to make a living doing it. And that's something that I think can happen here. And I'm sort of, I mean, I moved back because I'm excited about the prospect of all of it, you know. Well, exactly like you said. I mean, all you have to do is point at the growth of areas, not Atlanta, Georgia necessarily, but areas around Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Just the expansion that's happened because people move down there to get jobs because there are jobs available. So the area grows. And if the area grows, you need more of everything. You need more restaurants. You need more shopping centers. You need more you know, banks, you need more of everything. It just grows the entire economy. And, you know, Pennsylvania lawmakers just have not gotten that message yet. And mm-hmm. they need to, because it, it, if it worked in Georgia, it can absolutely work in Pennsylvania. There's yeah. no reason it can. Yeah. So if you'd like to see more of an industry in Pennsylvania, make sure to, 
you know, speak your mind whenever you get the chance, because it's something that's that I firmly believe in. And I think it's worthwhile. And I think a lot of people, given the opportunity, will see that it's an awesome thing as well. Um, you, you touched on M. Night. So, <laughs> so moving on from uh, that's, that's literally the most political I will ever get on this, on the show, because I'm just that adamant, <laughs> of course, because uh, obviously it affects me and it affects you and it affects, you know, sure. other people we're friends with and everything. But, um, yeah, let's talk about some, some established people. Like when I lived in Texas, you had the, you know, Richard Linklater was, King sure. in Austin, you know, and so was well, uh, Rodriguez. Rich, Richard Linklater is Austin filmmaking. Like there's no, there would be no Austin film society without Richard Linklater. So yeah, that, yeah, there's, he's royalty. That's absolutely true. And one thing that we have going for us is M. Night Shyamalan. And, <laughs> and you know, a couple years ago, people might have scoffed at that, but I think he's back. What do you what do you think about M Night Shyamalan? <laughs> well, I, I'll say this: uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to what's going on with this third installment now of the, I guess, Unbreakable franchise um, that happened that no one really asked for, that no one really expected. But you know, it's the trilogy that no one knew about because <laughs> 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 you had Unbreakable and then you had Split, and now I, I I'm blanking on what the third one is going to be, but you've just realized that now this is a cinematic universe that uh, we never really understood existed. So um, yeah, that might be his, his jump back into um, what was mainstream. As far as I go, he was, he was never gone. You know, there's some of his films have hit a little bit different from others, but you know, he, he has always represented the type of filmmaker that has kept, um, kind of the old style of filmmaking alive. And I talked a little bit about this uh, on one of my podcasts with a friend of mine who's a huge M. Night Shyamalan fan. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, what is your podcast? The podcast is called Special Features. And we just kind of talk about, you know, I, I grew up in the area of DVDs and I learned a lot of my filmmaking through uh, watching um, different special features on DVDs about, uh, you know, how different filmmakers did shots and, and how they put things together. Um, so now that we're in an era of streaming and, um, you know, just finding stuff on Redbox, there's really, you know, DVD sales are down and you're just not getting that, um, like audio commentary and featurettes and things like that. And that was just such a huge part of my growth as a filmmaker and, and how I learned. So I just want to bring that back a little bit to it. And, uh, so we have this podcast where, we're kind of getting into it uh, a little bit about um, bringing some of those things into it, but I've been doing um, a lot of work trying to um, talk to different filmmakers in the area here and figure out what inspired them and got them into filmmaking. Um, and it's been going pretty well so far. So we're gearing up for uh, what's going to be a larger, you know, 10 to 12 episode season where we really go in depth to certain features part. Of it. So, um, I'm really excited about that part. Uh, but on the last episode that I recorded with my friend Al Manelli, he's a huge M. Night Shyamalan fan, uh, we talked about the movie Signs. Um, so if you want to see some, we, we did go into some cool, uh, like trivial things about that movie, and we talked pretty in depth to it. So if you want to hear more about that specifically, you can check that out. Um, but for me, uh, that movie was, you know, the old Hitchcock, the old style thriller type movie that was very small, very specific, very concise, but had all these elements of, uh, just suspense and, um, just being scared. It was, it was all psychological. It was a psychological thriller, um, where you get a lot of films these days that, um, will just resort to some scare tactics of like just jumping. Um, and you know, this was just a movie that was really thought through and, and he's never, he's never gone away from that part of his filmmaking. Um, it's just a matter of what the subject matter is that, you know, sometimes people won't, uh, get into it as much as they used to. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the avatar movie crushed my soul <laughs> because <laughs> well, that was filmed. So at the time that that was filmed, I was actually living in Reading, Pennsylvania. And part of it was filmed up at the pagoda there. Hmm. Um, so that was like a big thing, like around town. Like I've always kind of been just very close to where, some movies are being made 
that's pretty exciting. Um, like we mentioned, I grew up in Bethlehem uh, shortly before I graduated high school, um, or right after I graduated high school, actually. Michael Bay decided to come up and film uh, the opening sequence to Transformers 2 uh, in what used to be Bethlehem Steel. Okay. So uh, if you know anything about Bethlehem, the entire area uh, was, well, actually expanded. It wasn't built around it, but it expanded uh, with Bethlehem Steel, which rivaled Pittsburgh for um, steel manufacturing. Uh, and a lot of my friends' dads worked there, and it shut down. Uh, I would I want to say late 90s, probably 96, 97. Uh, the actual company went out of business and shut down. But the steel stacks and the surrounding plant area just kind of stood vacant for a very, very long time. Um, so it was actually used as China in the movie. So they came in and they just drew all these, painted all these you know Chinese characters all over the buildings there. And uh, just set up everything. And if you know anything about Michael Bay's style, he is like 100% visual effects. So <laughs> nobody of any consequence was there during this filming. All it was, you know, and people actually went down. It was a huge thing in town because uh, everybody was just like really excited about this big, you know, blockbuster type movie uh, that was being filmed in our area. So you used to see there were signs posted up everywhere uh, for the people that were traveling. So it was like Team A here, um, you know, <laughs> whatever. I forget the lingo that they were using, but it was, you know, they were telling everybody where to drive. So you would go up and you would see all these cool signs. So you're like, ah, oh, this is cool. Like this is the whole town is like this movie set now. Uh, and people would gather around like bridges and, and places near the area to watch something film. And I was a little bit disappointed because all it was, uh, there were two helicopters and the camera helicopter following, because you could see the, the camera, the big ball in front of that, that helicopter that had the camera in it. And all they did was just fly relatively slowly through where the steel stacks were, and some pyrotechnics went off. And that was it. That was all I ever saw <laughs> of the sequence. And then if you went down the other day, you could see some of the uh, – in that movie, there's like these two brightly colored, smaller – transformers there that are kind of like comedic relief in the movie but they had those physical cars there and they were kind of whipping around and driving through but there, when you're watching it being filmed there was really nothing to it and then you watch it on screen if you want to watch the first 10-15 minutes of that movie it's insane but it's yeah. all cgi it's all like it's just nothing going on actually on screen it's just okay let's film this background and let's plug in some giant cgi robots here and we'll call it a day <laughs> Yeah. So, so what you're saying is you saw a Michael Bay, uh, scene being filmed and there were explosions. Shocker. <sighs> there were explosions. <laughs> Did you ever see that robot chicken yeah. thing? <laughs> Michael Bay explosions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. But, there's, I, there's no love lost for me and Michael Bay, but yeah, same. Um, you know, it was, that was my first experience with that. And, and funny story is I had been to L.A. I took my first visit to L.A. not too long before that. Uh, my mom took me out there um, just to do the touristy because she knew I was really into film. So she thought that would be a really cool experience for me to go out and see, you know, Hollywood. And I bought one of the souvenir, you know, tacky shirts. It was just a plain black shirt. But on the back, it said director on it. And I happened to be wearing that shirt one day when my friends and I went to play basketball and we went to, I think it was Wendy's, like after we were done playing. And I was wearing this shirt and the people behind there saw me wearing the shirt and must have thought I was the director of the movie. Because they, <laughs> they have no idea who Michael Bay is. They don't usually <laughs> so wear uniforms like that. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, like no no directors usually identify themselves as the director. Right. Like you're just <laughs> around town. So it was just me and my two friends just sitting there and I've got the shirt that says director on it and we can see like the employees like gathering around like looking over they're like yo yo man i think that's the director of that movie i think that's him and i'm just like yeah that's me man go over and I'm sign stuff for them <laughs> sign things scribble stuff over there yeah it's <laughs> yeah i mean for for a town that really never had anything like that happening it was a it was a huge deal and unfortunately it's supposed to be china so when they called out for extras they were like you have to be Asian American right. to, to be an extra in the movie. So, you know, there's, there's not a huge, um, Asian American population at that time in Bethlehem. Um, so it was only a small amount of people that were able to be extras in the movie, but they made it happen. And it was, uh, it was a pretty cool experience being, being in that town. Yeah. And that just goes back to our point of 
Pennsylvania can be anything like you don't it doesn't have to be a movie that has, you know, a lake or forest or anything like that. You know, you you can. I mean, yeah, it's, ho- it's Hollywood, China. Yeah, you don't have to fly all the way to China. Yeah, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania works just fine. Yeah. Raise that tax credit. <laughs> but it's it's funny that you touched on, you know, learning from the special features and then also watching something in front of your face like like that scene that you saw shot and you were probably able to learn so much just from that like do you actually need film school these days do i feel how do i feel about that because you didn't go to film school did you i did not um man that's a loaded question i didn't and i'll tell you the reason why is i felt it really came down to cost for me because I, I visited several film schools. That was part of the reason my mom took me out to LA um, when I was right out of high school because I was touring both the Los Angeles Film School uh, and the New York Film Academy, which had a campus uh, on the back lot of Universal Studios. Yep. Um, and, and another story where I'm being mistaken for a celebrity is we got to during that that tour of that school we got to go out on the back lot of universal studios and where they shot uh saving private ryan parts of the caribbean uh we toured the uh uh set of desperate housewives the uh the, the neighborhood area where they do the exterior shots which are like very tiny little houses yep um uh, which is pretty cool to see because I mean I'm a, at this point I'm a kid that knows nothing like I just I love to watch movies at this point but I really don't know what goes into being made so it's really fun walking around the set but at one point you get to a certain place where the there's a tour of the back lot going on from like Universal Studios Hollywood like resort kind of thing so this giant tram car comes rolling by and I'm standing there with people like on the set so obviously they get their cameras out and they start taking pictures of us and I'm like hi I'm nobody <laughs> but take my picture please <laughs> um but for I ended up uh enrolling or applying and enrolling for the LA film school and um it I I thought that it was the right thing for me because you go to these places and all of them are pretty amazing when you go in they just got state-of-the-art equipment uh, they bring people in that can tell you everything they know about filmmaking. And it's just, it's cool to be there and it's cool to be a part of it. So my answer to that question would be, it depends on your circumstances. It depends on, you know, how easily you think you could get into making films. Cause, and it depends on what you want to do too. Uh, Cause I always wanted to be a director and, you know, just asking people that, uh, were in the industry about being a director, it really came down to just making films. And at the time, it, when I asked that same question to people at these film schools, there really just wasn't enough of an opportunity for me to make films while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you cycle around, you know, everybody, you get a taste of everything that's going to happen. So you spend time doing audio, you spend time doing camera, you spend time producing and writing, and you learn the entire industry. Um, but you know, they, I asked, I was like, how many realistically, how many films am I going to have made by the time I get out of here? And they said, well, you have your thesis film at the end, but other than that, maybe one or two, like you can, you can rent equipment to go out and do your own stuff if you want to, but you're not going to have time right? because you've got to do all this other stuff. Yeah. And that just, the math didn't make sense for me. Um, I figured, you know, I can spend this same amount of money that I'm going to spend going to this film school and go buy all the equipment and just go goof around and make mistakes and you know just learn that way so the process was longer to do it because instead of getting condensed into a year or two at a film school uh it took me maybe 10 years to kind of get that type of you know it took me probably 10 years from that point to actually sit down and make a feature film um i made short films you know beyond that for for like learning purposes but um if you're going into it and you and i was lucky enough to have the opportunity to do that sort of thing. I was fortunate enough to have parents that could afford to buy me just a very simple camera to allow me to go out and make those mistakes and, and learn that way. Not everybody's in that same position. So, um, if you're, if you want to do something other than directing, if you want to do editing, if you want to do camera work, if you want to do something that is very technologically, uh, based film school might be a good idea for you because you're going to get hands on, with all of that stuff as any professional 
would be able to use, um, which is a huge advantage for you. So, uh, yeah, again, my answer is it depends on what you want to do and think hard about it and think about your alternatives because I, you're able to go now and, and go on YouTube. You'll learn how to use Adobe after effects or premiere or anything like that. You can find tutorials. How do I do this? Great. Here's a guy that shows you how to do it. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot easier of to learn some that way. Yeah. And they're all great. And they're even now that I'm doing more commercial stuff, I'm going on and, and, finding out if I want to do something, I just go out and say, how do I do this? And there's something to show me. And, uh, it still helps me now 15, 16 years later, uh, as a professional, I'm still learning those sorts of things. So, uh, it's, there's no right or wrong answer to it. It just matters of what you want to do and how you think you're going to best learn your craft. Because the, the truth is, and I think you can agree with this is you are always learning. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no amount of money you can pay and no film school that is going to teach you everything you will ever need to know to go out into the industry. It's just, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's all about getting to know, uh, the basics of it and then applying it as best you can. Right. And that's, that's just what I chose to do. I chose, I would rather goof around and make really bad films and then hopefully one day make some good ones instead of, you know, spending my time here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have kind of two parts to that. I have, you know, you do learn a lot about the film theory and you learn how to craft things and how you achieve a feeling and all that stuff. Um, but ultimately you, you went to, you went to Penn state, right? I went to Penn state. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and, I mean, that's, I went to Penn state, but I got a business degree cause I knew I wanted to run business stuff, but I had a lot of friends that went through the Penn state, uh, film program as well. And, and you're absolutely right. You get to learn thesis, you get to learn all that sorts of stuff. Yeah. And it's really about who, you know, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I got out of, uh, Penn state and, you know, not to, you know, say Penn state wasn't good. It's just the biggest thing that I personally got was I got to meet, uh, I've always wanted to be an editor. And, uh, I met Mark Lavolsi, who was the editor of like, well, now he's, uh, he was the editor of the jungle book and, you know, he's currently, he was currently working on the, the lion King, um, live action film and that's so he's he's a big deal you know at the time he was a pretty big deal as well he he had just gotten off like devil wears prada and marley and me and things like that but he happened to be a penn state alumni and um you know i got his email and kept in touch and said hey do you need literally anything i'll come work for free or whatever and he's like well we do have this football movie called the blind side and i'm like yeah sure whatever i'll take that not knowing <laughs> what it was going to end up becoming, you know, so never so, offer to work for free. Everyone will always take you up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was totally worth and it. And then guess what? You're working for free. Yeah. Well, it was totally <laughs> worth it at the time, you know, because I made a lot of connections and, you know, sure. just, I got to work on a bunch of other movies because of it. And, and ultimately what people look at is your resume. They, they don't really care. Honestly, like I've never, ever heard anyone go, where did you go to school? Not one person. Yeah, no one asked that. Yeah, no producer, no nothing. So, um, and I asked that question too. I asked that to one of the people there. I was like, "Does anybody care that I have a certificate in filmmaking or a degree in filmmaking?" And there's like, "No. All that matters is you're real and what you've done before. Yeah, like you have to have something visual that you can show people. Like you can't. It's harder to walk out of a, a school and get a job. Yeah, you know, like right out and be like, "Well, do you have an experience?" Well, no, I went to this film school and be like, "Great." What did you make while you were there? Can I see it? Mm-hmm. Like, and then, you know, that's, that's how you get a job. Right. Right. And yeah. And those kind of things are available in, in Pennsylvania, but you know, you can't be where we are right now. You, you can, you can make your own stuff, but if you want to get on like the sets, like you were talking about and whatever, the really, the place to chase right now is Pittsburgh. Really? Sure. I mean, Philly to, to some extent as well, but a lot of the incentive is being utilized in Pittsburgh at this moment um, with, you know, things like Mindhunter and other stuff. So if you want to get into to filmmaking or just have a crew position or try to make this your career path, um, try to get on a set, you know, try try to do something, even if you work for for free for a minute, like it, it'll be worth it, um, I think, you know. But um, let's talk about, uh, so we did discuss movies that, and, and shows that are happening currently, uh, like the Mr. Rogers and the Mindhunter and all the mm-hmm. other, the, the M. Night Shyamalan things. But uh, what are some of your favorite films that were shot in Pennsylvania? 
I mentioned it earlier, Silver Linings Playbook is is one of my favorite movies, and that particular movie, and then late, you know, David O. Russell in general, um, like with the Fighter and American Hustle, uh, that really changed a lot about how I approach filmmaking uh, because he is a, an actor's director, uh, and and it really shows because he just is able to get these incredible performances out of uh, all these different actors. I mean, I think his last three or four movies have won three or four Oscars. You know, you had Jennifer Lawrence, Melissa Leo, uh, Christian Bale, I think all won Oscars because of their performances. Uh, and, and, and then a number of nominations the, I think the top four people in Silver Linings Playbook, De Niro, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper, uh, they were all nominated for Oscars in all four categories that happened that year. And that's just unheard of, you know, that's what's not unheard of, but it's, it's not a normal thing to have happen. And that's just an attestant. It shows how he treats actors and, and he doesn't have always, doesn't always have the best reputation for there's the whole Lily Tomlin thing. But, um, you know, he just spends a lot of time with his actors, uh, really gets to know them. And Bradley Cooper famously said that he would hold a door in one of his movies just because of how um how great he is and i I really took that to heart as a younger director getting into it that i really have to treat the actors as the primary people because they're the ones that are giving the performance they're the ones that are bringing the words to life uh and i've taken that to heart and just tried to do my best with that uh moving forward And, Um, and ultimately they're just real people that's that's the thing sure. that, that people do not understand. They think they're some untouchable, you know, it's acting is a job. I mean, some people yep. like Daniel Day-Lewis and Jared Leto take it a little further. It becomes life. But other people, you know, most people just stick to to this is my job. And then I go home to right. my wife and kids like like when I met uh, Mark Wahlberg, you know, he he I open the door. He extends his hand and goes. Hi, I'm Mark. I was like, <laughs> yeah, duh. Then, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, I'm nice Mark. to How meet you. you. I'm, and he's like, what's your name? I'm like, I'm Kenny. Like, he wanted to know my name. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I alluded oh, to Kenny. it on, on Kenny, the, I love that name. Right. Yeah. I alluded I to it name, on the, the last podcast. And I, I said I would tell my Mark, my Mark Wahlberg story at some point. But yeah, I, I met him. And, you know, as, as he was waiting for his driver to like leave, he just hung out at like my front. I was at the front desk and he was just hanging out by my desk and talking to me about his kids and how happy, how excited he was to be off for a little bit and be hanging out with his kids and all this stuff. And I'm like, these people are just real people. You know, you, you, you don't think that, but, but they really are. I mean, with emotion and everything like that. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, And different actors will have different, you know, just styles of how they are on set. You know, they, they, some people like to keep it loose, but some people um, just don't like to be bothered at all. Like, you can know, like, only the director can talk to them because they just want to stay centered in that character. So yeah. it's, it is interesting how you learn it. It really, it, it's really, it's a time commitment as far as I see it. You've got to take the time to get to know who your actors are and how they respond to different things because you can have two actors in the same scene that just, respond differently to different types of directions. So some right. people you can really get into and uh, drive the performance out of them. And then other people you really have to talk to and, and help them to understand uh, the performance rather than telling them what to do. Yeah. Which is, which is fun. And honestly, the biggest thing about it is it's fun. It's fun for me to do. I, I really enjoy talking to actors. I really enjoy Cause I do writing for all of my own films. Uh, so I've created these characters from, you know, my personal mind. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun to talk to actors and help them become the character mm-hmm. so that I can see. And I, and I learn a lot from it, too. Like, I'm not uh, the type of person who gets stuck in, well, this is how it has to be because this is how I imagined it. Like, no, I, I've, I've cast you as an actor because I think you have potential to become this person. And that character can evolve depending on who that person is. And it's happened multiple times. Uh, when I met the lead actor for Acoustic Hearts, I had had a tough time envisioning what this character was going to be like. And it, it, it um, was a little frustrating when I was writing. But then as soon as I met Greg, uh, Greg Barr, uh, he and I just started talking 
all the time. Like I would just call him up someday and just, you know, hey, did you read through these pages? You know, what do you think about it? And and the character just kind of evolved just because of him and his personality and who he was. Uh, because we had, you know, the character's a musician and uh, we were going to write original music for the movie. But it turned out that he actually had all this original music that he had written. Uh, and, and the music had a lot to do with the emotion of the film. So as I got to hear the music that he had written, uh, it changed the direction of some of the, the plot points in the film just because it, I tied it in with some of the things that he was experiencing when he was writing the songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just a fun experience to, to be able to do that. Like it's just, it's so rewarding as a director to really bring something to life on set. Like forget what's even on camera, just on set, having these people become these characters and see these, these people in real life. It's, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And, uh, well, I, I did ask, you know, circling back, I did, I did ask the people on the webpage, um, on the Facebook, you know, what their favorite movies were from Pennsylvania. And I got some interesting ones that I knew right. and some that I, I didn't know. And, um, so we had night of the living dead, which is George Romero sure. from Pittsburgh. So, uh, uh-huh. there are a lot of zombie films that are in Pennsylvania, um, witness, from our mm-hmm. area, of course. That was filmed in Lancaster. Yep. Uh, Dogma. Rocky. I mean, that's... Of course. You can't forget Rocky. <laughs> of course. Um, There's kind of a statue, so I don't think... Yeah. I think, it's meant, I think it's meant to be memorable. Yeah, and it spawned like eight other movies, so... Um, <laughs> let's see. And counting. Yeah. Uh, well, that one, Best Picture, and then another one that won Best Picture was uh, Deer Hunter. Uh-huh. And... Yep. And then you have all the latest, you know, Pittsburgh things like, you know, the Avengers, uh, or no, I'm sorry. The Avengers was in Kennett square in mm-hmm. an abandoned, uh, what is it? Like a, a mine for mushrooms, mushroom mine. Kennett square is the mushroom capital of the world. So right. yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It was some underground scene. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which one. Um, one person referenced the blob, the infamous, you know, theater scene. In- you can go to that that theater. It's still there. Yep. Yep. Out, I believe in York's County. I think it's York County. Um, I'm not sure what he did yeah. say. <laughs> but yeah, but it's uh, there. I friends in my. It might be even be Lebanon County. Me- uh, but it's not too far from here. Right. It's still there. Let's see. Colonial so- Theater in Phoenixville. Phoenixville. Okay, so yep. that's I think Chester County. Yes. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. That's yeah. So, a good one. so there are a ton like, uh, Denzel's fences, Foxcatcher, Gettysburg, of course, Jack Reacher. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, one, one that I particularly like is warrior warrior where they, was, they really warrior is a fantastic movie. Yeah. They, they re- really, and they really did the, the two sides. The one brother lives in Philly, the other in, in Pittsburgh. So, right. And uh, they, they really the went, went for together. it. They really went for it with his accent on that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but Tom okay. Hardy, man. Yeah, he's Tom he's Hardy, the man. He's, he can do it all. I'm not sure how Venom's going to be, but we'll find out, I guess, this week. Can't you really can't go wrong with Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> oh, so Tom Hardy's in it? All right, cool. Sign me up. Yeah, so following up on that, uh that those were like the, you know, more famous, you know, movies that were shot in Pennsylvania. Sure. How how many you mentioned uh, you mentioned Mindhunter, which is Jonathan Groff. He's from Lancaster County here. Um, I know his. I've met his brother a couple of times. I used to work at the same company that that his brother worked at. Um, I didn't so know he's, that. He's, yeah, he's he's big around here. He's uh, um, Tony nominated Jonathan Groff, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, pretty cool shout out. Uh, he's a uh, EPAC guy, hmm. uh, so he grew up in in learning acting around in the area here. Uh, so that's a good claim to fame for Lancaster County. What's EPAC? Effort of Performing Arts Center. What What is that? It's a performing arts center that's an effort. Of- <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do plays. They do plays and uh, a lot of theater up there. They do. Uh, a friend of mine's son does a lot of the the junior plays uh, up in in Effort. So it's a good time. They do a lot of really cool um, shows. They did not Rock of Ages. They did an Amer- oh, American Idiot. Yeah, they, they recreated that play uh, up at EPAC. Uh, I believe that was two years ago. Yeah, that is uh, something which, like which Pen- is very cool. Yeah, that's something Pennsylvania does pretty well is is plays, like you yeah, know, an yeah, out- full 
yeah. the last play I went to, I think was in Altoona at the Michler, but um, they, you know, they pack it in and they actually have some pretty, you know, decent sets and everything like that. And I've, I've heard it's the same thing in other places too. So acting isn't just a, a film thing in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. They do a whole thing up in where I grew up in the Lehigh Valley, not just Bethlehem, but in the greater Lehigh Valley area, uh, they do what's called the Freddies, which is, uh, the, the Tony version for high school plays. Hmm. Uh, so all of the, the high school productions in the area, uh, both the fall production and spring production, uh, they do, uh, the Tony awards that a lot of students, actors are nominated for various performances and, uh, they even do cool scholarships there. A friend of mine won last year. Oh. Uh, she got a, a scholarship to Northwestern, cool. which she took and she's out at Northwestern now. So as she should, um, <laughs> as, she, as she should, um, yeah, there's, there's, Pennsylvania is a very underrated arts state. You know, there's just a lot of really cool artistic endeavors all around town. Like whatever part of the state you go to, uh, you can find just really cool things going on, not just in acting, but in, in all kinds of, of art. Yeah. Like installations, uh, traveling pieces, like there's all kinds of stuff. Arts festivals. There was one in Lidditz today that, you know, there's, there's, arts festivals all over the place around here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about the talent then. Uh, how many actors and actresses can you name? Do you think in, in the world? No, earth? from Pennsylvania. Okay. From <laughs> Pennsylvania. Okay. This show's all know. about Pennsylvania. All right. Yeah. What, what do you got for, let's, let's do it this way. What do you got for actors? What do I have for actors? Um, I got, I got a list. So well, I'm, I'm you've checking, got a list. I'm okay. checking it off. For, <laughs> so why don't we go back and forth then? Okay. That works. <laughs> um, well, I'll go Bradley Cooper. Okay. Philadelphia. Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Kristen Wiig. Really? Lancaster. She lives in Lancaster. No way. Okay. Since we jumped <laughs> to actresses, uh, Tina Fey. <laughs> Tina Fey. Um, well, uh, my high school classmate, Alexander Chanda. Who's that? Uh, she was on a, an ABC Family show. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it. Why you look it up? I'll rattle off a couple others. We got the Lion Game. Oh, the Lion Game. oh, okay. She played the twins. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she uh, graduated high school with me, class of 2004, Liberty High School. Which which twin was she most like? neither really <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's probably yeah, a good no, thing that, that was really not her personality yeah one was uh, way too nice and they, one was uh, way too mean <laughs> yeah yeah no she was a very nice person she was uh um she did a lot of acting in high school so she was kind of in and out sometimes where she would be out for a while she did some tv pilots uh while we're doing there but uh i went to school with her from like middle school up through high school she's a very nice person cool yeah, we got uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Jeff, I think Pittsburgh area. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Jonathan Frakes. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Mr. Mr. Jimmy Stewart, really? Yeah, Mr. Stewart. Christmas. <laughs> I don't know if that's his actual <laughs> title, but that's that's how I think of him. Um, right. Fair enough. One that that really stood out to me that I was I didn't know at all was Kevin Hart. Yeah. I, I didn't know him. Uh, Kevin Hart, Philadelphia, man. Seth, he talks about it all the time in his stand-up. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I yeah. just see him in movies typically. Uh, yeah. He's a Philly guy. Yay, Jumanji too. But <laughs> Well, he, he actually, speaking of Kevin Hart, um, in Elizabethtown, they built tiny estates. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm. So it, they, uh, a friend of mine and his fiance, they, they have a plot of land where they build all these really, really little tiny houses. Um in that whole tiny house craze that they have and you can go stay there, but they're also up for sale. And Kevin Hart recently designed and bought one oh, that cool. they delivered to uh, New York city uh, just uh, last week. I think it was. Oh, neat. Yeah. So, um, Kevin Bacon, that's, that's what I got for actors. Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. We discussed Will Smith on the music portion <laughs> last episode, but, <laughs> but yeah, oh, no. We, we talked about him and Jazzy Jeff. Uh, 
But um, DJ, yeah, DJ Jazzy Jeff counts. He plays here every once in a while. Oh yeah, he DJs. Yeah, he's been. I've seen it at uh, Telus Three Sixty a couple times. Venturing out from Philly from time to time. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we got uh, for actresses. We got Sharon Stone, uh, Grace Kelly, Amanda Seyfried, Kristen Ritter. Uh, is it Gillian Jacobs or Jillian Jacobs? It's Jillian. Jillian Jacobs. Yeah. Um, and so, we got so Drew Barrymore's family. There are people in her family. Okay. I, I guess from here. Um, and uh, one cool one was uh, Blythe Danner. She's okay. she. Danner. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's an actress in her. You know, by herself, but she's also Gwyneth Paltrow's mom. Yeah. So. You know, if you want to get into acting in, uh, in Pennsylvania, it probably isn't the worst idea. The uh, the girl that was on Last Man Standing, Molly Ephraim, she was the middle the middle daughter. She's from Philly. Mm. And then a girl that was on... Were you ever a big Boy Meets World fan? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was... I liked Boy Meets World when I was a kid, but they did the spinoff Girl Meets World. Right. And the one girl that was in that, not the daughter, but the friend, uh, was from up in lehigh valley okay yeah well you talked about your personal friend uh from bethlehem so i guess it's a good time to friend is probably acquaintance whatever uh, classmate <laughs> classmate yeah, <laughs> you, that's you knew yeah. of her that's uh, probably the best i can do sure sure but that was in bethlehem correct well if she's listening let's do a movie there that's you go say. there you go um yeah so so we should you know, as this being the P- PA traveler and everything, uh, our episodes are we do one location uh, per episode where we discuss. So your Bethlehem PA. So if you can tell me, um, you know, start off telling me all about it and we can I can try to ask you some other questions. Sure. Wow. Where do I begin with that? <laughs> uh, I mean, Bethlehem is a, is a pretty old town. You, you can't really talk about Bethlehem without starting at main street uh right in the in the in the middle of the city it's not a a large city um it's really only about two or three square blocks um but there's a lot of cool stuff down there hotel bethlehem is probably the the focal point um i've gone to a few events in there a friend of mine got married uh in that uh that hall there uh but you've got historic bethlehem that's that's right behind there uh in high school we did a couple of things where you just learn all about colonial ages. They've got buildings that have been there since the 1700s and a lot of really cool stuff there. So um, it's it's a very high culture type city um, if you live there and you grow up there. Uh, just this past weekend, I believe tonight, we have the Celtic Classic, uh, which is a three-day event that's all about you know Irish, Scottish, Celtic heritage where they have Highland games and they have uh, really cool Celtic rock bands if you're into that kind of music. Uh, that was a cool thing when I was a kid because they actually had ESPN come down and film uh, the Highland Games, uh, which was fun just to have you know ESPN cameras there and see your city on ESPN you know four or whatever it is. Right. That they not is it <laughs> not the Ocho, ESPN the Ocho well, for one for one day a year. I think they they make ESPN two and ESPN eight the Ocho. Uh, this this kind of predates that reference, but. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a very high culture city. Uh, it's known as the Christmas city. Uh, and if you have the chance to go there uh, during the Christmas season, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, just being down in, in the Main Street area, they uh, decorate the entire city. It's it's just, it's beautiful. And I got to do that for, you know, 18 years mm-hmm. um, growing up, living there and, and having my dad be a part of uh, that town. When he originally took over the church, it was uh, right in on Center Street, which is just a block off Main Street. Uh, and it did move a little bit down the, the road uh, shortly after he took it over. Um, but it's still fun to go up there. Uh, still owns a house there. Uh, so we get to go up there during the, the holiday seasons. Um, and then um, probably more famously, they now have uh, well, they've had music fest for a very, very long time. That pre- goes back to when I was a kid. It's now a really huge festival. Isn't it like ten um, days? It's ten days. Yeah, it's it's Jeez. really, lo- and they've got some really huge acts that come and and play there now. And that's um, held at the stacks or the what are they called? All over town. It takes over 
the entire downtown area because you've got it, it's a it's a hill. So the the main street is up on a hill, and then it kind of you know slants all the way down, and uh, it goes underneath bridges. It goes all through the colonial part of town. Uh, it just really stretches out um, through everything. Oh wow! Uh, and, and there's different uh, they call them plotses. So there's like kinder plots, and I think they've changed now, but it's like rock plots and. and all kinds of different types of music. There's been a, a native American band that has played on the street because they'll have different people that play like underneath tents all along the street. So you can't go very far without hearing somebody playing live music for these whole entire 10 days. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. And they've got the best, the best thing about it is you go and you buy your little, I think it's like a 36 ounce beer mug. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's yours for the, <laughs> for the 10 days that you got it there. And you can go up and, and pay, um, go up to these trucks that just have taps built into them and just be like, give me, give me a yingling or something like that. Um, but it's, it, and now it, it has expanded into the stacks. So I mentioned Bethlehem steel earlier. Uh, it, it sat vacant for, you know, over a decade. Uh, and then shortly before, uh, I moved out of the area. Uh, the Sands Casino came in and uh, built their their new location um, inside of, of where that is. Uh, and since then, uh, it's expanded into an arts plots kind of area or arts arts fest um, where they have a, a huge stage where they have some really great performances there too. Um, they mm-hmm. are really well known for um, having live watch parties during the World Cup. Hmm. Uh, which unfortunately, since the U S didn't make it this past year, uh, it wasn't as big as it was four years ago. Um, but they do, they just do a lot of really cool stuff in that, that, you know, Southern part of town, um, area there. Cool. Uh, it's a fun 10 days. So if you're anywhere close to the area and people have come in from, you know, not even local, but just from all over the place, uh, it's a fun, even if you can just be there for a night, that's a fun time in uh, early August, uh, just to be, in Bethlehem experiencing all of it. So what are some things to do that you can do pretty much any, or, I mean, at least when it's the weather's nicer into fall, you know, mm. you don't have to go into winter stuff, but what, what can people typically expect to go to do whenever they're there? Like, like what are some attractions or parks or, you know, anything? Um, as far as parks go, I, I can't say that I'm too familiar with that. A lot of it has to do with the different arts that are around there. You know, you do have uh, the Easton Theater, Easton State Theater, where the Freddies are, are take place, but they do performances year round uh, that happen there. And into the Steel Stacks area where they've got different performances happening um, year round as well. Um, yeah, there's there's a lots of great golf courses. I was a, a golfer growing up. Um, so you've got Bethlehem Municipal. Um, Allentown, all kinds of uh, really cool um, golf locations. If you're a golfer, um, you can do that. People usually do it year round, but um, it's a. Uh, uh, what else do they got? They've got the uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, which is the Phillies AAA that you can do in the summer. Some really cool games. That's a really really nice stadium. Um, yeah, it's the, the the fun never stops, man. It's really developed since I left. You know, when I was a kid. Um, a lot of it was more recreationally based and a lot of it was festivals, especially during the summer. So there were specific events to go to, um, as far as normal things to do, uh, skate away is still there. When I was a kid, that was the roller rink, oh, sweet. uh, that a lot of kids used to have their birthday parties and it's still there. Like whenever I go in town to, to visit my friends, I drive by and I'm like, yeah, it's still there. It's still open. <laughs> and, and people are still roller skating in there. Yeah. We have memories uh, growing up of that, of roller skating. That's, I know. It's, you would think every any, kid should have that. Probably not make it. They must have had a sweet deal in that that location. Right? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that, must, that location must have got passed down through generations because they're not paying rent. Yeah. Off of <laughs> skating, uh, in 2018, but it's still it's still going strong. Yeah, and and one thing that people really you know tune in to listen to this for and everything is food. We, we cover a lot of food things on the podcast. Like what, what are some of your favorite restaurants up there? For that, I would direct you to downtown Bethlehem. Um, they've got a lot of really great place. Cork is a, uh, is a good restaurant that uh, we got to actually sit outside the last time I was there, um, like three days before Christmas because it was just abnormally warm. Um, 
that for that time of year and downtown was really busy. So we went in and we asked, we were like, can we, can we sit outside? So they actually brought out tables. They were like, yeah, you can, you can sit outside if you want to. So it was kind of cool to sit, sit out on the street on like December 21st or something like that. Um, there's another great restaurant down there that, um, opened a few years ago, uh, called the wooden match, uh, which if you like cigars, it is a cigar and, and food type restaurant that is extremely well ventilated, but hmm. we had a really good, my friend and I went to check it out. We had a really good cigar, really good burger, uh, while we were there. So that's another one. And then if you're into uh, breweries at all, um, the Bethlehem brew works came out really a while before the whole craft beer craze started, uh, which is a, a, um, just a, you know, tap room kind of place. Hmm. Um, that where they they brew it on site so uh and it's still there it's still on downtown bethlehem which ties into some shopping as well because there's a lot of really great shops the moravian bookshop uh which has been there for a very long time um isn't it it the oldest in the country the oldest bookstore one of the oldest in the country i I can't say that it is the oldest um for certain i feel like it's number one but yeah you if you told me that i wouldn't be shocked it's been there for a very long time What's it like uh, inside? Is it all like, is it like what you would think it, in a movie? Is, like <laughs> some mystical no, old bookstore? No, it's, no it, it is not. You're not going to be transported to Hogwarts if you <laughs> tours, if that's what you're asking. Oh, me. darn. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Um, however, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't touched the right book. Nice. Uh, or something. <laughs> but uh, it, it looks, it's a very nice bookstore. It's, it's you know, it's not, uh, it's not Barnes and Nobles and it's not, you know, dusty old um, but it's been kept up. It's been modernized uh, on the inside. They have a lot of really cool uh, gifts in the gift shop there. They do have. Um, they're very big into children's uh, children's books, and they do children's book signings uh, there all the time. Um, but yeah, if you're going there for uh, to find a good book and to have a really just a you know sort of nostalgic atmosphere, uh, it's great to to just park there because it's also a great part of town that you can. And it's on the, the end of the street, so you can start at the Moravian Bookstore and just make your way. Uh, up north nice so um yeah any other locations that you would like to shout out to (laughs) um for me personally um i mean i I still like to go around uh to the old movie theater i used to work at at the carmike 16 um i worked there in high school and that's kind of where my love of filmmaking started nice Uh, you had a lot of film nerds that that work there uh and we used to do midnight screenings for employees on thursday nights before movies came out so it was it was a very fun atmosphere to be in uh, with a bunch of people who don't care about talking during the movie and laughing and screaming so we would go and watch i uh, watched dodgeball mm. uh there i watched uh anchorman um all kind of the, the comedies were always the best because people would just laugh and scream at each other the entire time nice uh, it, nobody's sitting there going shh like while the movie's happening it's it's uh, it was always fun so that's where most of my childhood um memories uh, uh came as far as like my my high school years um uh, for doing that but you know honestly when i was a kid uh, we would just hang out at each other's houses and and you know go around town especially in the summers uh there was always some kind of festival or some kind of thing going on that you could you could hit up on a weekend awesome cool man i mean we touched on a lot of things dealing with the film industry and and uh (laughs) bethlehem and everything i guess the moral of the story is pennsylvania's on the rise for film and uh i mean guys like you and me are yeah it can be but we need we need people to be more vocal about why isn't there more film happening in the state here like it 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 should happen there's no reason for it not to happen uh what we need to do is just put the state government in a place uh where it's like you're losing money by not doing these things that that other states are doing you're losing out on uh revenue you're losing out on expansion of of the area here you know you don't people who grow up in pennsylvania you know used to have to go someplace else to get a job Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's an opportunity here through the film industry to, to really help that, you know, you're, you you do not have to go to DC, you don't have to go to New York. You can stay here in Pennsylvania and do some of the things that you've always dreamed of doing. Uh, and it's, it's, it's possible. It just has to, 
you have to get through to people. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's the, what can I do type of thing? Like besides being vocal about it, the thing that you can do to help further, you know, Penn state, uh, Penn, Pennsylvania film is just make Pennsylvania films, you know, get, get out there, do your thing, make em. put, yeah, yeah, put it out online or, or, you know, a YouTube video or anything you want to do, but try to make it cinematic and, and make people see that they're, there's a hunger here to have an industry and that it's, it's something that's not being served at the moment, but needs to be. So it's, if you want to get out there and, and make your stuff, go make your stuff and people will see and, you know, hopefully adjust accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. Well, thanks for being on. Absolutely. Thanks for being on. And, uh, and we'll just keep, uh, keep fighting for PA film. Keep fighting, man. <laughs> Later. See you later.